0: So open your Bible to John, the book of John, and we're going to speak from John and Isaiah. Now, in the book of John, I want you to notice near the end of the book in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. So glad to have some new folks here today who've come on the bus. Brother Stephen Stussi got up about 6 o'clock this morning and went out and woke people up to get on his bus. <laughs> Thank the Lord for you, Steve. God bless you. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. The reason for the book of John was to show us how to be saved. Now, he doesn't even try to hide that that thought. Uh, He doesn't try to come on us, you know, just sort of subtly. Uh, All the way through it's just open. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the book of John tells us so many things about Jesus. It says Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus is the soul winner. Jesus is the miracle man. Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is the living water. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the life giver. Jesus is the fulfillment of scripture. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the son of the living God. Jesus is the light of life. Jesus is the truth. And he said, I am the great I am. And in that same context, he said... Before Abraham was, I am. Do you understand what that means? Before Abraham was, I am. Moses came to the Lord in prayer one day and said, Now, Lord, when we go down to Egypt, how how are we going to tell who sent us? How are we going to know what your name is? (laughs) And the Lord said, You go down and tell him, I am who I am sent you. See, you can't speak of God as was. Or will be, he is the great I am. Amen. And Jesus so identified with that, he said, I am. And every time he used that phrase, spiritual-minded people would recognize he was claiming to be God. Amen. And he was God. He is God. He shall forevermore be God. Well, on one of the next pages, Jesus is the son of God, Jesus is the good shepherd, Jesus is the door, Jesus is the resurrection, Jesus is Lord, he is Lord of death, he is the king. And then we come to a very interesting verse in John 12, 41. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Isaiah lived from five to eight hundred years before Jesus was born. And the Lord Jesus said, before, before today, when Isaiah, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred years before, rejoiced when he saw his day or his glory. Now you think of that. I want us to look at some of the passages from Isaiah. What did Isaiah see? Well, look in Isaiah chapter six, verse one. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. Now remember John is saying, he's quoting Jesus as saying, Isaiah saw my day. He saw my glory. What did he see? In chapter 6 verse 1, it was the year that that, that, uh, Uzziah died. Uzziah was kin to Isaiah. And Isaiah was of royalty background. He had access to the kings. He was like the Billy Graham of his day. And when Uzziah died, it hurt him so much, he went up to the temple. And this scripture says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. I saw the Lord. Now, nobody has ever seen God and lived. So if you read carefully what this is saying, he's saying, I saw the second person of the Trinity. I saw the Lord Jesus That's who he saw, sitting on a throne high and lifted up and train filled the temple. Now, this matches the passage in Revelation in chapter 4. When John is called up, he begins to look through heaven. He sees the throne of God, and he looks for God, but what he sees is Jesus. Now, some have misunderstood, and perhaps some in this room have wondered. Baptists have said we need to lead Jews to the Lord. (laughs) And that just took, by surprise, the press. They couldn't believe the arrogancy of a group called Baptists who would say they need to lead the Jews to Jesus. Isaiah's saying here, I'm a Jew. But I had to see the Lord before I got saved. I had to see the Lord. And ladies and gentlemen, no one, red, yellow, black, or white, African, American, Middle East, Muslim, Jew, no one can be saved without knowing Jesus Christ as Savior. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If that were not true, then all our missionary program is in vain. Why send some missionary 2,000 miles away from home, or 100 miles away from home, or down the street? Why have soul winners go knock on doors if everybody's going to be all right, just as long as they're sincere? The problem is... Sometimes we have in our medicine cabinet a little bottle with a skeleton on it. And we might, in the dark, with all sincerity, take that medicine, thinking it's going to get us well, and it kills us. No matter how sincere we were. And ladies and gentlemen, sincerity is not enough. We need to know Him. And Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He said he was high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. He saw all of this in the glory. And then he said, I am undone. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. What am I going to do about it? And all of a sudden, God sent a special created being to take a tongue from off the altar of God and put it on his lips. And he said, you're cleansed now. You're mine. And you know, that's what happens when we get saved. God takes the tongues and he takes something from heaven and puts it in our heart. He says, you're all right now. You're saved. You're God's child. The spirit of God has come to live inside of you. So Isaiah saw his day. He saw his glory. And what did he see? It made him aware that he needed somebody he didn't have, something he did not have. And then he heard a voice saying, who will I send, and who will go for us? (laughs) And like in the days of grade school, the teacher would say, who will go do this or that or the other? And everybody raised their hand, use me. I, I think when Brother Johnny comes in here to draw during our school, and he draws characters or cartoons of some of the guys and girls. And he'll say, now, who will I get next? And they'll hold their head up, use me, use me. Well, that's what Isaiah did. He heard a voice. See, God didn't draft him. There are no draftees in the kingdom of God. They're all volunteers. And, and Isaiah said, Lord, use me, use me. And then the Lord told him the story. Isaiah said, how long, how long should I do this? You go tell the people. He says, till there's nobody else to tell. Not till you get tired, not till you throw in the towel, not till you resign, but just keep on keeping on. And tradition says that's what Isaiah did. He told the king the sins of the nation. And Manasseh, one of the most meanest, one of the most wicked kings that ever lived, took him out and bent down some tree limbs and tied him to those tree limbs and then let the limbs go and stretched him. Then they took a saw and sawed him in two. That's Isaiah, this great court prophet. He saw the Lord. What else did he see? Look in Isaiah chapter 9, or chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He saw the nativity, or the incarnation. He saw that God was going to become man in this world. And look in chapter 9, verse 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father the Prince of Peace. Isaiah saw the incarnation. Now that's a miracle. Believers through 2,000 years have believed that when Jesus went back to the glory and he sent his Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit came to dwell in our hearts. And in John 1, 12, and 13, to as many as received him To them gave he power to become the sons of God. So you have to open your heart and receive him. You have to invite him in. And when you invite him in, he comes in. You don't have to beg him. You don't have to say, oh, God, please save me. No, no. You need to repent of sin. Be aware of your sin. Ask God to cleanse you, forgive you of your sin, and then invite him in. He's been wanting to come in all along. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Just invite him in. There's a stranger at the door. Let him in. He has been there off before. Let him in. Let him in ere he is gone. Let him in the Holy One, Jesus Christ, the Father's Son. Let the stranger in. He knocks today at your heart. If you'll open your heart, he'll come in. Isaiah saw that. And then, not only did he see the incarnation, look in... Chapter 61 of Isaiah, he saw the anointing, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. You see... Isaiah saw the anointing of the Lord. And what was the anointing for? To preach. To teach. To heal. To find that person that was most depressed and lift him out of his depression. To find that family that had just given up a loved one and there were tears and mourning. And he came along and interrupted the funeral processions raised that person to life again. Demonstrating he has the power. All power is given unto me both in heaven and in earth. Isaiah saw that. And he rejoiced to see the day of the Messiah. The day of the king. The day of Christ Jesus. Well, not only did Jesus have the anointing to do that. But he has the anointing to lift the burdens of everyone in this room today. You got some burden... Maybe you've been misused, maybe you've been abused. Maybe somebody dearer than life to you has said, I don't love you anymore. Charles Weigel faced that. In the heartbreak of that preacher, evangelist, after he'd gone and gone for many years, His wife came to him one day and said, "Uh, I don't love you anymore. I'm tired of being a preacher's wife. I want out of it. And she took her daughter, their daughter, moved to California. It almost killed him. He just about died. He tried to quit preaching and God wouldn't let him. He went on preaching with a broken heart. One day... His wife was very, very sick in a hospital in California. She sent for a daughter. She said, daughter, I've been terribly wrong. You go find your daddy and tell him I was wrong. And she died. Out of that heartbreak, Charles Weigel wrote, I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. Since I found in him a friend so strong and true, I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no one else could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Dear friend, he's the greatest friend you could ever have. He's a friend of young people. He's a friend of little boys and girls. He's a friend of teenagers. He's a friend of adults. He's a friend of young married people. He's a friend as we grow toward the sunset years and get closer and closer to his city. He's a friend. That will never leave nor forsake. Isaiah saw that in that anointing. Now look at number four, verse chapter 53 of Isaiah. He saw his suffering. In chapter 53, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground, He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah rejoiced to see the day of the Lord. The day of Christ Jesus. And what did he see? He saw the Lord in all of his suffering. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. It was on that old cross the Lord Jesus suffered and bled for a world like you and me. And when they led Jesus out to Calvary, they had already had a mock trial and kept him up all night and accused him of different things which were false. And they whipped him and lashed him and spit on him and put a crown of thorns on his brow and the blood came tri- tripling down the, the face of Jesus and his body. They put a purple robe on, made fun of him, lashed him, beat him, and then made him carry the cross. Thank God for Simon of Cyrene who came along and helped him carry the cross. And out at Calvary, they got that cross that had already been prepared. And they nailed the hands of Jesus and his feet. And they lifted him up on a cross. They did not understand what Jesus had said earlier. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And that's what he's done. 2,000 years have come and gone from that little tiny nation, Israel. The word has sounded out across the world. And everyone who has come believing in Christ, trusting Christ as personal Savior, has been saved. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. How good. How wonderful. But Isaiah didn't just see the suffering of the Lord. He saw the glory. Turn your Bible to Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65, beginning in verse 17, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem, a rejoicing, and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more. In her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die a hundred years, but the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. And then turn to Isaiah chapter 7 for a moment. Isaiah chapter 7, chapter 11. Listen to this there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear. In verse 6, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them and the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters that cover the sea. You see, John rejoiced because he got a glimpse of what Isaiah had already seen. In a sense that doesn't make make, make much sense to us. John lived in the day of Jesus. Isaiah lived six to eight hundred years before Jesus and yet Isaiah saw everything that John saw. And if we study Isaiah carefully, we can understand why he rejoiced to see the, the, the Lord in all of his glory. Jesus is coming again. Amen. I don't know when. He may come at death for us and gather us unto himself. You know, there, there are scriptures that hint that God sends his angel to bring home to heaven those who are his own. Amen. I've stood by loved ones as they've taken their last breath. And it was almost as if the angel of God was there. There were tears, but there was joy. I think of when my mother went to heaven. Several of our people were there that morning. And we began to sing. We sang, we're marching to Zion. I said, Mother, you're on your way to Zion. I don't know whether she heard me or not. But she was on her way home. And I think the angel of God sends his special ones to bring home those who are his own. I want to ask you, are you one of his own? Brother Lloyd sang a while ago. Someday the silver cord will break, and I no more as now shall sing, but oh, the joy when I shall wake within the palace of my king. Will you rejoice over in heaven, or are you not sure? Could you just honestly say today, I'm not really sure. I heard all that was said today about the sufferings of Christ and about his victory, about his incarnation, about his cross, about his resurrection, but I don't know that I've ever really had him in my heart. I would like to today. And there's an open heaven today if you would open your heart to him. May we pray together. Our Father, we thank thee for the wonderful joy of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that Isaiah saw the day of Jesus. He saw all those beautiful things about the Lord. And he reminds us down through the years 26 to 2800 years, all the things about our Lord. And we pray that somebody here this morning and those who listen by radio would open their hearts to Christ and say, come in, Lord Jesus, I need you, I want you. And may all of us bring our burdens to Christ, because burdens are lifted at Calvary. And some have burdens today, decisions that need to be made, financial problems Home problems, dear God, help us not to go on in our own strength and worry and fret and toss, but may we accept Jesus as our counselor, our wonderful counselor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand, please. What's the name of it? 385, where He leads me, I will follow. Where He leads me, I will follow. I can hear the Savior calling, take thy cross and follow me. Now listen. Some of you are here and you've never really been saved. If the Lord has spoken to your heart this morning, would you just open your heart to him and say, come in. Come in, Lord. I need you. I want you. I want to meet you right down here. You come. Give your heart to Christ. And if God has spoken to you about any other matter, Do what the Lord leads you to do. While we sing...